Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford sitting next to Wes Hodkowitz, and we're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, as you and I get ready to head off to Indianapolis for the Combine, which is where we're going to be shooting a handful of shows from there. So this is our uh, our last show here in the studio for a while. We'll be doing a little on-location work uh, coming up from the Scouting Combine. But in preparation for that, you had a couple of stories on Packers.com over the last week just looking at the Packers roster and where it sits on offense and defense heading into the scouting combine in terms of who's under contract, who's not under contract, and just where things stand. Starting on the offensive side of the ball, um, Jari Evans, Jeff Janis, Richard Rogers, and if you count long snapper Brett Goode on the offensive side, we'll do that just for the time being. Those are the four unrestricted free agents, uh, pending unrestricted free agents, I should say, that they will be free agents on March 14th if the Packers do not re-sign them. It's not actually a whole lot to deal with because, as we talked about, Corey Lindsley and Devontae Adams were already taken care of at the end of December. So with regards to where the Packers sit on offense right now, what are your thoughts? Yeah, they're sitting pretty, uh, honestly. They, they, with getting Devontae Adams done, and you saw this past week, Mike, uh, we talked about it, you know, Jarvis Landry getting, an extent, or getting his franchise tag right. on the first day that the Dolphins could tag him. Shows you the predicament that teams are in in trying to lack, uh, you know, kind of lock up their really talented young receivers. Uh, Devonte Adams turned 25 years old on Christmas Eve. Uh, this is a guy heading into his peak years, and I think has shown a continual maturation improvement throughout his time in Green Bay. This was a must uh, for the Packers personnel department, and as it turned out, within days, 48 hours of that regular season finale against the Detroit Lions, Ted Thompson and what ended up being, you know his final moves really uh as Packers general manager getting Corey Lindsley taken care of the Packers center the first time a Packers center has received a second contract since 2006 in Mike Wells and then Scott also Wells. yeah but yeah Scott, Scott Wells. Wells yeah Mike Wells that's <laughs> <laughs> you you gotta love it all right but no but you had Scott Wells get that extension yeah. And Aaron Rodgers has talked for so long how important it is for him to get on a run with the center. Lindsley was able to stay healthy, played every offensive snap this year, and then now you also have probably one of the most talented perimeter weapons in the NFL now with Devontae Adams. Those two extensions, getting those done, in addition to the benefit of being able to prorate some of that signing bonus into the 2017 season so it isn't as big of a cap hit going forward, is important. But it also sets the table now for what the Packers want to do with their draft picks, as we've talked about on yesterday's show. Also with the upcoming free agents that they have at other positions. They have that taken care of now with Adams and Lindsley, and I think that's going to really be a big benefit to them as they start to get into the heat of the offseason. Yeah, and hard to know exactly how this is going to shake out with uh, these pending uh, unrestricted free agents on the offensive side. Jari Evans, obviously uh, um, a long time. A guy I think he's going to end up in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, Veteran guy suggested that maybe he's not quite done playing yet um you know the Packers are going to look at where they are on the offensive line with with some of their young players do they feel like they have somebody to fill in there or do they want to bring Evans back I think a really interesting case here is is with Jeff Janis yeah because he's a backup receiver who knows the offense hasn't played a ton of snaps on offense over the last couple of years but is invaluable on special teams it's not an accident that the Packers have set 
franchise net punting records over the last couple of years with different punters. It's because a lot of it is because of Jeff Janis as a gunner forcing fair catches, tackling punt returners who are who decline the fair catch, right. and then Janis is right there to bring him down, possibly for a loss on a punt return. He's got a lot of value there, but but then you know you wonder will somebody else place more value on that potentially offer him more money do the packers want to bring him back as as a potential backup receiver if something goes down with the other frontline guys there's a lot of things to consider with a player like this jeff janice's situation i'm sure you remember this as well mike reminds me a lot of when jared bush was heading into unrestricted free agency i think that was going into the 2012 season uh, where he had proven himself on special teams it was a very valuable versatile player in that third phase uh, but always would kind of was on the the cusp of being a difference maker on defense being a contributor on defense they ultimately ended up reaching an extension with him and he had three more seasons with the Packers Janice I think is a very similar situation because this is a guy that is a top level elite gunner when you're thinking about it Mike six foot three 127 pounds and runs in the four fours that is difficult for for jammers to stop and also being able to get down that quickly allows him that other option if he does get jammed it allows him to have that makeup speed to potentially get down there and put pressure on the punt returner the other thing to keep in mind too the Packers have had a carousel of different players at that other at that other position. You've had Dimitri Goodson. You've had Quentin Rollins. You've had Josh Jones. Injuries really made Ron Zook alter who that other gunner was for them, but they still had yeah. Jeff Janis to turn back to. Very valuable there. And one other note, too, just to mention with Jari Evans, 100, uh, 912 snaps he played for the Packers this year, more than I think anyone really expected out of a 34 going into 35-year-old offensive lineman. The big thing, I think, for him is going to be determining whether or not he wants to play next season. When you've played for that long, determining you know if it, when the right time is to ride into the sunset. Uh, but, I mean, you talk to any of those offensive linemen in the room, and they will tell you how important he was, especially bridging that gap from T.J. Lang at the right guard position. Yeah, and just to touch on Richard Rodgers, quickly you're talking about a, a reliable still young player tight end he's done everything the Packers have asked him to do he's not a dynamic field stretcher he's not a Jermichael Finley by any means but also the Packers are in a situation where if you don't bring Richard Rodgers back the, the cupboard is getting a little bit bare at tight end and, and you know I know the Packers want to do some things at the tight end position but then you end up having to potentially do even more if you can't reach an agreement with Rodgers to bring him back. Yeah and in my mind I wrote this in Insider Inbox I think there are two options for the Packers I, I think you probably need to draft a tight end this year but regardless and independent of that I think you either need to re-sign Richard Rodgers or you need to find another veteran to yeah. help out along with Lance with, Kendricks. With Lance Kendricks yeah all right with that we'll toss to a break back with more on Packers unscripted right after this welcome back to Packers unscripted Mike Spofford right here Wes Hodkowitz all the way over there. Wes, okay, let's take a look at the defensive side of the ball now in terms of the uh, players under contract and those not under contract. You're pending free agents on the defensive side of the ball. Safety Morgan Burnett, outside linebacker Ahmad Brooks, cornerbacks Dimitri Goodson and Devon House, and also defensive lineman Quentin Dial. Um, Interesting thing with House, obviously, he was a free agent last year, just signed a one-year deal, um, similar to the Jari Evans situation, right. I guess, there. So he's he's immediately a pending free agent again. Dimitri Goodson, an interesting case, a guy who you know has 
been working his way back from that uh, that horrible knee injury from 2016. And then the one who's uh, you know on the the tip of everyone's tongue in terms of the certainly the fans we hear from an insider inbox everybody wondering what's going to happen with Morgan Burnett, a guy who's been here since being drafted in the third round in 2010, and uh, now looking at uh, at getting a third contract. I don't know how this one's going to work out, Wes, but uh, but Morgan Burnett has certainly proven his uh, value, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, unequivocally the Packers' biggest pending free agent uh, that they're going to have to make a decision on, and, and certainly when you look at the value that the NFL has continued to put on the safety position, uh, to use an old phrase, the price of poker is going up. I mean, <laughs> it's just it's the way things are now because you can use safeties as Morgan Burnett has proven the last two seasons, and I'm sure as his agent will be selling when they head into free agency, yep. he can play anywhere. He played boundary cornerback. He actually played slot star cornerback for pretty much the last month and a half of the 2017 season his strong suit at strong safety, and then also that hybrid linebacker role. The Packers gave themselves some options a year ago when they did draft Josh Jones in the second round, but you and I both know so much of what it takes to be efficient and accountable and effective on defense is knowledge of the scheme and knowledge of you know what you're being asked to do. Morgan Burnett was the epitome of that, a two-time playoff captain during his time in Dom Capers' defense. Now that Mike Pettin comes in, the question that everybody wants to know is whether or not he would have a place in this defense. I think the hybrid linebacker role is there to stay. It's just a question of whether or not that it's still going to be Morgan Burnett filling it going into 2018. Yeah, I really think this depends on uh, on how Mike Pettin feels he would potentially be able to use Morgan Burnett, how he feels about his uh, his, his skill set and where he at, where he's at in his career and and uh, and what he can do with him scheme wise. And we just don't know the answer to that question. I think. Uh, as we head to the combine in Indianapolis, we're going to hear from general manager Brian Gutekunst and head coach Mike McCarthy. They'll both speak to the media. I think this is a question both of them are going to get. What's going on with Morgan Burnett? What are the thoughts there? Are you going to try to bring him back? Is he going to test the waters in free agency and see what else is out there? We've seen some media reports that, you know, Burnett has kind of, you know, seems to have come to peace with it a little bit in terms of, hey, you know, Whatever's going to happen is, is is going to happen. He'll uh, he'll let it play out, and I think he's just going to let his agent do the work for him and, and do what's best for him and his family. Yeah, I had a chance to talk with Morgan at the end of the season during the final locker room, and I remember asking him about just what this process has been like because you have to recall this is the first time he's entering, entering into free agency. The last time the Packers signed an extension with him in July of 13 going into his final season, so they were able to lock him up. Yeah. And, you know, he never really even got close to testing the waters. Well, this is the first time he's going to do that. The Packers, you go back and look at it, the third contracts, depending on, you know, the player, it, you know, it's probably about 50-50 whether or not a guy, you know, is, is here or not. So um, it, it is going to be really interest, interesting to find because I'm sure the Packers would love, I'm sure Joe Witt, I'm sure that defense would love to have Morgan Burnett back. It just becomes a question of what the cap number is going to be, what the contract is going to be, and whether or not it's palatable to, to keep them under there. To me, I think probably the biggest no-brainer, I don't even know if that's the right word, but the one that seems academic to me is potentially being able to bring back Quentin Dial because of those reasons he was effective, he did what he was asked to do as a run defender, and the price isn't extravagant. Right. So 
But whether or not how, who's going to be back, who won't be, those are all decisions way above my pay grade, and that will yeah. be what Brian Gutekunst will have to figure out in his first uh, offseason as GM. Yeah, and one other guy on defense worth mentioning as well. Inside linebacker Joe Thomas is a restricted free agent, so the Packers have to decide here coming up on the start of free agency whether or not to tender him a certain contract offer. You can explain this better than I can as far as the decision that needs to be made. It's actually a tough decision, uh, and it's be- tough because the way that these contracts are worked now in the post CBA environment is basically the only players that reach restricted free agency now are undrafted free agents, guys that had three-year contracts, because every other contract now is four years for players that were drafted. Yeah, draft picks uh, get four If they're years. on their original contract. So yeah. Joe Thomas, a former UFA in 2014, uh, I don't know the exact number on the re- first right of refusal tender. You have three tenders you can use. A first-round tender, so that if he signs elsewhere, you get a first-round pick. A second-round tender, signs somewhere else, you get a second-round pick. Or the original round, which is now turned into the first right of refusal because... These guys weren't drafted, These guys so you are don't get anything. Right. I remember my favorite story. This is Jamari Lattimore. Uh, in, this was a 2014, I believe. I was talking to his agent leading up to this. They were fully convinced he wasn't going to get tagged. They're getting ready for him to go into free agency, and then lo and behold, he did get tagged. He ended up getting the tender. So yeah. um, this is sometimes a decision that goes right up to the wire, but the way that works then is if you give them the restricted tender, you basically pay them whatever that ends up being, $2 million, however that works out this year. And then that's the contract they play on for one more season before becoming an unrestricted. Yeah, free then agent. they become an unrestricted free agent after playing Correct. after playing that one more year. So with that, we're going to toss it to a break. Back with more on Packers unscripted right after this. Welcome back to Packers Unscripted. Mike Spofford in this chair, Wes Hodkowitz in that one. And Wes, as we look at the big picture here with the Packers roster, the question we continue to get in our Insider Inbox column and one that uh, you and I are both waiting to see how it plays out is what is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers and a potential contract extension because we've talked about this before. The last time the Packers extended Aaron Rodgers' contract, it was when he had two years left on his deal. So this is the time. So reading the tea leaves and, and the timeline, this would be the time to you know not let him get too close to that final year of a contract where then a player starts to think, well, maybe I should play it out right. and see what's out there. Your franchise quarterback, if you don't want him to go anywhere, you take care of him when uh, when there's enough time left on his deal. So you uh, you make it worth his while to to sort of shut down that possibility of of uh, of looking at what's out there on the market. And, uh, boy, with what's going on in the quarterback world, Jimmy Garoppolo's new contract, what could happen with Kirk Cousins and his contract as the as the top guy out there in free agency, um, this could get really interesting here for Green Bay. I think it's inevitable that this is the way the league is going to go because it is a quarterback-driven league, Mike. We say it time and time again, and I think you're starting to see that be reflected with how much the salary cap has jumped. Uh, I was talking to you about this before the show, the fact that I believe the projected estimated salary cap for 2018 is going to be $178 million. My first year when I came on the beat in 2012, it was 120 million, and it's basically jumped anywhere from 10 to 15 million per season since then, which yeah. is a good thing. More money for the players. 
But it also, I think, puts an even more emphasis on the quarterback position. I think we're entering a league where it's not going to be uncommon to see a quarterback making over $30 million per season. But there also is a difference there, as you just alluded to, in terms of guys that you have that you can control and guys that are entering into unrestricted free agency. Blake Bortles, as we said yesterday, the the reason why the Jaguars were able to be a little bit more flexible with that contract is the fact that they did pick up his fifth-year option and they were able to leverage that in terms of spreading out that signing bonus. Whoever signs Kirk Cousins will not have that benefit. The 49ers did not have that benefit with Jimmy Garoppolo, but they'd also been one of the league's biggest, uh, in terms of cap space, one of the, the, the least spenders after that fire sale they've had the last couple of years. So they had the room to absorb it. The team that does it with Kirk Cousins is going to be very interesting, though, from the Packers' perspective, have been really smart with how they've handled their cap. You've never really had to see them cut anybody just for cap casualty purposes. Right. And now I'm sure once the day comes, whether that's this offseason, whenever that comes, you know, ultimately they're going to get this thing done. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, and you see these stories that, that are out there. And, again, you know, you don't know what exactly is the truth or not, but I saw a story last week, I believe it was the Jets, somebody reporting that somebody from the Jets saying they will pay whatever it takes to sign Kirk Cousins because that's that's the guy they want as their new quarterback. Now, whether that's true or not, I set that <laughs> aside. But with what's going on with Kirk Cousins, I mean, if you're Aaron Rodgers and you know the Packers are going to look at extending you here with two years left on your deal, with Kirk Cousins out there in free agency, hey, from Rodgers' point of view, there's there's no rush. I have to believe that he's going to see what type of contract Kirk Cousins right. gets before he agrees to uh, to an extension because you know the Garoppolo deal is out there, um, but then other quarterbacks you know are probably going to be a year or two down the road before before their deals get redone. I mean Matthew Stafford not right. that long ago had his deal redone, so those are the ones that Aaron Rodgers and his agent can can base things off of because they know that well basically he ranks higher than anybody else who's gotten a deal to this point so for Aaron Rodgers to I know Packer fans getting a little worried or impatient or whatever the case might be but he's not going to sign anything until Kirk Cousins gets his deal yeah and and I remember this too in 2013 it was a very similar sentiment with that contract coming up and how much he was playing below league average at that point the Packers took care of him he was the highest paid quarterback at that time we'll see how all this shuffles out again on top of Cousins, the other two things that really factor in I think are going to be interesting to watch this offseason is what happens with Drew Brees, what is the contract that the New Orleans Saints give him, yep. and then also, I don't know if you saw that, Mike, but A.J. McCarron's an unrestricted free agent now. <laughs> he won that appeal uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals. Whoever, If I'm A.J. McCarron, I'm waiting to see what that contract is for Kirk Cousins, which teams lose out on them and you know potentially yeah, get that, paid there too because he's going to be an attractive one as well yeah the, he, that may be how he finds his landing spot totally. eventually but uh, with that we'll toss it to a break back with more on Packers unscripted right after this Welcome back to Packers Unscripted. Mike Spofford alongside Wes Hodkowitz. And Wes, just to remind folks again, as I said at the top of the show, we are off to Indianapolis after this show. We're going to be at the NFL Scouting Combine for a handful of days. We'll have a ton of coverage from there. We'll have unscripted shows. We'll have stories on Packers.com. We'll have videos. Larry McCarron will be with us, so we'll see um, what sorts of work we can do with him. Uh, We'll be hearing from... uh, Mike McCarthy, Brian Gutekunst, all these hundreds of prospects. 
I don't know what uh, what your thoughts are. I'm I'm curious to just maybe hear from some of these some of these players that have been tied to the Packers in all these mock drafts that have been coming out. You know, your Marcus Davenport, your Josh Jackson, some of these defensive players that the mock drafters are predicting will be there for the Packers that the Packers might select at 14. I'm a little curious just to hear what uh, what they have to say about uh, about where they think they're going to end up. What's very interesting, Michael, is that. When you do pick earlier, we were talking yesterday's show about just exactly what that's like and how it really narrows the focus for a GM. It also narrows the focus for all the pundits, too, trying to guess you know, who the Packers could potentially pick. remember thinking back to 2006 and A.J. Hawk getting picked with the fifth overall pick and you know whether it might be him or Vernon Davis. Even right. in 2009, if B.J. Raji was going to be there for them, well, now we're going to have a chance to see and, and get a chance for what some of these guys are like and, and get a feel for them. Uh, I love what the NFL, I, I know sometimes the league can take a lot of hits from the outside i love what they've done with the scouting combine over the last two years it's a lot more hospitable uh the the prospects you know when you're going to be getting them Uh, i think they've done a great job with that nfl experience uh, which is almost like a mini combine that they run for fans now yeah they've made it much more of a fan event totally there's a lot more that fans can do and and just uh check out the scene and and see what's going on rather than being trapped in that hospitality suite as well um now they have everything spread out the indiana convention center is a phenomenal venue and it's just amazing thing to be a part of because walking around I mean you see every coach every GM the agents meeting is going on uh in a building right next to it as well so uh the the really the energy in the place you can feel the next season starting to come to bloom a little bit it is it's where the pages turn yes in in essence everybody in the league converges on Indianapolis it's the perfect city to uh, to have an event like this and, and it really is it it feels like the start of a new year and everyone gets excited too so it's like I mean it's kind of neat to be a part of that and, and exactly see what it's like um, you know when everything comes together but for the Packers picking 14th overall chance to really talk to a lot of these prospects and get a feel for it yeah and when uh, when we're standing in line at Steak and Shake if you don't want the cherry on top of your <laughs> Snickers malt I'll I'll take it this year okay okay that'd be awesome yeah I mean that's the other thing too I mean uh, the of restaurants there uh we don't have steak and shakes up in wisconsin for the most part so that's <laughs> hey, always a we're all adventure. over it man um but also you know in just seeing i mean i've been in line at starbucks before with jeff fisher i always tell that story <laughs> i mean as he's waiting behind me to get my latte i mean uh last year gus bradley i mean those guys they're all over the place yep, everybody's and there it's a good chance to reset and get ready for that next season. Yeah, well, we will see all the fans uh, from Indianapolis next time, but we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team and the Combine on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's still at Wes Hod. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>